This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. Welcome to the Diamond Hogs Podcast, first postseason edition this year in 2023. Uh, are we calling it postseason, guys? I mean, it is postseason now, but this is technically the recap of the final regular season series. Uh, yes, you're right, but it's also the first episode since the regular season ended. Therefore, it's the first postseason episode. Okay, first postseason episode. Your Arkansas Razorbacks are co-SEC champions. Got to have that co in there. I know that Arkansas fans hate the word co. Is is co a word? Is co a word? It's a prefix. We'll give it a prefix title. Okay. Uh, co-SEC champions with Florida. Um, I, I, w- I will go as far as to say that it probably did not end the way that people wanted to with two straight losses to Vanderbilt. But historically, it works out because I think it's our friend Stu Hogg. We're going to talk about this later on. He has a stat about Arkansas losing the last two games of the regular season. It actually works out better. So um, we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about the Vanderbilt series, uh, talk about the SEC tournament. We'll have our full SEC tournament preview later in the week, uh, Wednesday to be exact. Um, so we're going to have to get on it, boys. We're going to have to get we're going to have to get our stuff done early. Uh, but a lot to talk about because it is the end of the regular season. Uh, so we gotta we gotta check some boxes, move on to postseason. It is a brand new season for this Arkansas Razorback team. So, uh, before we get to anything, let's talk about one of our sponsors, and it is MyPerfectFranchise.net. You've heard me talk about them. If you're ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream, if you're looking for a side hustle, if you want to diversify, build your wealth, you need to give Andy Ledecky a call. He's a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner, and he helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. Uh, The big thing with Andy, his services, 100% free. Free is the key word there. It is free, and he's just here to help you if you have any questions about business ownership. So visit MyPerfectFranchise.net or call the number. It is 404-973-9901. It's a great setup there if you are looking to make some more money. Uh, and get into the entrepreneur phase of your life. All right, thank you to MyPerfectFranchise.net. Let's get to some Arkansas baseball. We got the boys, Robert Stewart, Christian Cheatham. We are part of the Hogbeat Podcast Network, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. Visit it right now. We are the Rivals website covering the Arkansas Razorbacks. And I, I, I truly think that we might have the best Arkansas baseball coverage out there. I think so. I, you know, I was, I was pretty proud of what we did this year for sure. Uh, And we have more to go. It it just will not include Robert. So that is unfortunate because Robert freaking hates us. He's no longer in the state of Arkansas. Um, I don't know, Robert, do you have like a statement on your hatred towards the state now? Is what what's going on here? I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a week since I've been in Arkansas. I don't don't know. I was in Tennessee for a while. I'm I'm not even there anymore. It's, it's crazy. yeah. Listen, listen, man, I'm depressed about it, okay? I don't need you to rub it in anymore. All right. Before we get to the games, tell us about Nashville and Vanderbilt and just the experience. Well, Nashville is a fantastic town, and let me tell you, it only gets better when you turn 21. Um, <laughs> I uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I was there uh, Tuesday through Sunday, five nights. It was it was a great time. Uh, Vanderbilt, I'll tell you what, let's talk about Hawkins Field real quick. Um, I thought that television does not do that ballpark justice the the turf inexcusable we'll we'll start there and and you know we have to preface it with that it that's inexcusable however the feel of the ballpark i was i was impressed 
honestly. It was it's very small, but uh, you know, it it's a nice little ballpark. I'll I'll give I'll give it more credit than than I have in the past. Rate rate it on a scale of one to ten for us. Mm. Let's go with uh let's go with four. And and if uh if there were grass in the in the field, then it'd probably be more like a seven or an eight. Okay. That's that's wow. fair enough. I was like, you just talked up this ballpark and then you throw out a four out of ten. Well wow, that's a turf. That's you, the, knocked, you knocked it down a lot for the turf. Well, you shouldn't have turf. Exactly. No, I agree with that. Robert, I have I have something for you. At, at the end of the episode, I want you to rank the ballparks that you visited this year. So keep just be thinking about that in between all of the reading of stats that you're going to do for us. Now, now, when you say ballparks, are you talking SEC or every single one? Um, yeah, let's just do SEC. Let's okay. not count Arlington. Um, okay, let's see here. Uh, let's just knock knock some stuff out. So. Arkansas did clinch the SEC West title. That your your SEC West champion, Arkansas Razorbacks, as we mentioned in the in the beginning, co SEC champions with Florida. You will be the number two seed in the SEC tournament. Robert, you want to clear that up for the people who keep asking why is Arkansas number two seed? Yes. So basically, Arkansas and Florida both finished twenty and ten. Uh, we'll we'll get to why that happened. Uh, pretty pretty disastrous result for Arkansas considering the first uh seven, 16 17 innings of that series anyway um tw- both 20 and 10 they did not play each other so there's no head to head tiebreaker applicable therefore you go down the standings until you find a common opponent that common opponent is Vanderbilt Arkansas lost the series to Vanderbilt Florida swept Vanderbilt therefore Florida gets the one seed over Arkansas it's really that simple and it really does not matter right it's it's purely for seeding in uh in in the sec tournament like i think this this is maybe maybe one instance where i'll settle for the the uh concept of co-champions because florida and arkansas didn't play each other this year so it's you know it's hard to say that one is clearly better than the other and if you if you look at it and we're going to get into the sec no we'll talk we'll talk about sec tournament bracket later i don't want we need to get to these games so uh game one thursday arkansas wins eight to two game two on Friday, Arkansas loses 10 to eight. And then game three Vanderbilt uh, takes it seven to six. So let's, uh, let's start with game one, you know, just an incredible performance by Hagan Smith and Will McIntyre. And then, you know, the Arkansas bats, Peyton Holt, they get the job done. Um, Just an all around great performance by the Arkansas Razorbacks on Thursday. And and an all around disastrous performance by Vanderbilt. I mean, four errors lead to six hundred runs. Guess what the final score margin was? Six runs. Uh, I mean, it was they they the Commodores come into the series the best fielding team in the SEC, and then their their defense pretty much loses them the game. So that was uh, that was unfortunate for the home crowd for sure. But like you said, the Arkansas bats did their job. Slavens and Holt, man, they're on fire. Yeah, five runs on two hits by the end of the second inning uh Patrick Riley six walks yeah like you said four errors in the game it was a it was a weird game by Vanderbilt um but once those errors started coming in I was like all right they they probably have a good shot at winning finishing out this game by the way a combined 13 strikeouts from Hagan Smith and Will McIntyre yeah that was huge 
Uh, that was tough for Patrick Riley. The line on him was one and two thirds, two hits, five runs, one of them earned, six walks, and a strikeout. That's, that's tough. He threw 64 pitches in one and two thirds innings. That was tough. Hey, if you can come away from a start on your stat line, purely from an individual perspective, if you can come away with one earned run after allowing six walks, <laughs> it could be worse. That, yeah, that definitely could be worse. But uh, you talked about it, Peyton Holt, uh, Brady Slavens, both swinging a very hot bat. I mean, Caleb Cowley drove in a pair of runs. Kendall Diggs had a hit. Uh, Tavian Josenberger scored two runs. He drew three walks in the game. Jared so, Wagner came back. It was Yeah, Wagner was back. Let's see, he scored a pair of runs as well. He hit a ball 115 miles an hour too. Yeah, no, I this, this was a game where everything went right for Arkansas and everything went wrong for Vanderbilt for the most part. Like it, it just everything worked out the way it needed to. Even, even Hagen Smith, like you look at his line, he it, it shows two two runs, both of them earned, but those both came on just two pitches. Like it was just a, a pair of solo shots. Those won't kill you. Um, so Arkansas, I mean, this was a perfect recipe of Hagen Smith, Will McIntyre. We've talked about Hagen Smith uh, to to Gage Wood and then Brady Tiger to Will McIntyre, but I mean, like. If you can get Will McIntyre twice on a weekend, we asked him about it on on Saturday. Andrew Hutchinson just described him as a weapon, so I think he even put it in his headline for his story. Like Arkansas has a new weapon in his freaking forty five word headlines that he does. But the, yeah, I I think you know it's a if you can get Will McIntyre twice on a weekend, he's just a different beast out of the bullpen, man. Yeah, he is, and you know, as as the season wears on and games become more and more important, there's there's becoming less and less to save him for. So I like your point there. I do want to I I do want the record to show, however, the the two solo home runs were Brady Tiger on Friday, not Hagen Smith on Thursday. Wait, Hagen Smith didn't give up. How that did, how did there they were, get scored on? There were there were a couple of RBI singles in the one in the fourth, one in the fifth. Mm, you're right, you're right, you're right. I get my future major league baseball pitchers mixed up hey you know it's valid because there were two really really strong starts back to back to start the series uh okay apologies for that but either way you know if hagan smith only gives up two earned runs then that you're, you're fine that'll play especially when vanderbilt allows you to score 600 so right um all right let's move on to saturday's or friday's game i hate these thursday through saturday series I think they're uh, over now, right? I mean, they're, they're not. there's not going to be a super or a regional that starts on Thursday, so you got that going for you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Friday's game was a complete meltdown. Um, just absolutely disappointing. Let's just let's just go ahead and let's talk. So, Brady Tiger, you mentioned it. He gave up the two solo home runs. That was my fault. Got that wrong. He struck out seven batters, though. Didn't walk anybody. Went four innings, so it's literally been one, two, three, four on his outings of how many innings. So he's getting built back up. That's great. You got three scoreless hitless from Zach Morris. That was huge. Um, And then it just completely falls apart in the eighth inning. Yeah. yeah. Um, Like you said, Tiger and Morris back to back were incredible. I mean, there was a one out uh, two two out walk in the seventh and that was Vanderbilt's only base runner through seven innings. You know, you exclude the, solo homers for the purpose of this conversation um gage wood just didn't have it it, it felt like the georgia game uh that that the hogs blew a, a four-run lead in the ninth and it, it felt very similar 
something doesn't go Gage Woods way early in his outing and he struggles. Uh, he got a ball hit right back at him and that sort of threw him off. It felt like, and then, then he walked a guy and then a terrible bunt by the nine hole hitter somehow lands for a hit. They don't get it out. And, and then the sack fly to shortstop and John Bolton gets hurt. Like it was just Murphy's law. I mean, I don't know if it could have gone worse, honestly. I, I want I want to say this about Gage Wood though, and I put this on the message board over at hogbeat.com. Go check it out, H A W G B E A T dot com. Subscribe today. A lot of great content. Um, I'm not worried about Gage Wood. Like we we've seen this with him throughout the season. I feel like all but maybe one or two times that he's just not had it at all has been away from home. Like he is he is a night and day. Uh, there's a night and day difference between him at home and on the road, I feel like. And so if you're an Arkansas fan, you are you look at it two ways. One, you're probably going to get – I mean, like it's basically set in stone. You're going to host a regional and a super regional. So you have that going for you. But you also have to think about if you make it to Omaha, is Gage Wood going to be ready for that? We talked to Dave Van Horn. He said that you know Gage is going to throw – in Hoover. So that's good. That's more experience throwing away from home. Um, but it's like, you know, is that going to be enough for him to get that confidence where it's like, I can throw on a mound that's not at Baumwalker stadium. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a good, you know, time to, to zoom out and look at the big picture uh, uh, aside from Gage Wood, you know, the whole team look, look at the sec record uh, away from bomb and at bomb 13 and two at home, seven and eight on the road. The only two teams they beat on the road in series were Ole Miss and Mississippi State, neither of whom are going to Hoover. Um, so yes, they like they decided decisively play worse on the road, but it's not going to be a problem until Omaha if they get there. So, like, I don't I don't worry about this series loss at all. I think, uh, you know, we had the discussion a week or two ago: Are the Hogs peaking too early? This is a perfect reality check for them. Brady Slavin's kind of mentioned it in his postgame. You know, you once you get to game three in the in the postseason and you lose, that's it. They they're fine right now. They'll be okay. It's it's almost like it's scripted this way, right? Like what percent chance do you think there is that Dave Van Horn is like, hey, go out there and lose a game tonight? Go go lose a couple in the last regular season, in the last regular season series. Maybe at this point he's like, let's let's just win one of the three. Let's let's let these guys be down going into the postseason and have something to play for. Well, listen, I mean the 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 way the scheduling worked out on Saturday to have LSU start two hours before uh, Arkansas and then have LSU lose that game to clinch the Hogs the division and a share of the conference mid game at Vanderbilt. You know, like that was the happiest probably we've ever listen to Dave Van Horn in a post-game press conference and it's because they won the division and a share of the conference title. It didn't matter that they lost the series. He, he basically said as much. Yeah. And, and you, if you are a fan of the Arkansas Razorbacks, you need to listen to that statement. Like take a step back from the fact that it was two disappointing losses at Vanderbilt, two games that you, you definitely could have won and look at it from the perspective of, those games mean absolutely nothing now. Nothing. Those games mean nothing whatsoever. Uh, Christian, I need you to write this down if you have a pen and paper. Remind me to talk about Todd Walker after we 
after we talk about these games because it just popped in my head, and I know I'm going to forget if if we don't write it down. Um, are we ready to move on from this game? Because I mean, it's just you know, I, I guess we need to talk about you know, Adcock came in through, didn't get an out, only faced two batters. That was tough. And then Parker Coyle comes in and it's just like, you know, clean it up. First pitch dinger to Troy Lenave. Nave? Lenave? Lenave, yeah. It was tough because Troy Lenave had like 14 at-bats on the year, hadn't hit a homer. And then not only does he hit a three-run homer off for Parker Coyle, but his next at-bat, which was on Saturday, was also a three-run homer that put Vanderbilt ahead. So, like, what are we doing here? How does this dude do that? It's just crazy, but... That's that's kind of how those last two games went for Arkansas. It was just tough. Yeah. Who was it was it McKenzie? Oh, sorry, Robert. Go ahead. No, you go. You're good. Tristan McK- McK- TJ McKenzie. Yeah, he had a home run, right? He, he that was his first of the year against Tigers as well, and then Bradfield went back to back. It was his second home run in two years, and his last home run was in early 2022 against some non-conference team, probably. So it was just it was a lot of crazy things were happening this game, but I'd like to also note before we move on. Awesome performance from Zach Morris. He needed that. The Hogs needed that. They needed to see that he still got it. I think he still got it, and I think it's perfect timing to roll it into the SEC tournament. We'll probably see a couple more appearances out of him. And like Mason was saying, not worried about Gagewood at all. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. It was just a little – it was a couple, kind of a fluky inning, in my opinion. A lot of weird things were happening. Players running into each other, bunts getting down. It was just a weird inning, so I'm not worried about him at all. But let's talk about Zach Morris for a minute here. Yeah. He said, he told us after the game, you know, after three innings, he was feeling good. He felt like his stuff was awesome. He wasn't ready to come out of that game. He said it caught him off guard. Like, I understand the decision that Van Horn made. I I don't think it was the wrong decision to switch. Like, a good gauge would for six outs, which is three fewer than you normally have him get, you know, chances are you're probably not going to blow a six-run lead. It just, like you said, it was kind of a fluke. Whatever, move on. Yeah, it's one of those situations where, like, everybody's going to say, why would you pull Morris? But another example of take a step back, think about how good Gagewood has been this year, and think about there's no nobody had an issue at all. I mean, there were a few people that were like, you know, Morris was dealing, why take him out? But at the same time, you're like, okay, it's Gagewood. He's going to come in and he's going to deal. And, and it didn't happen. I, want, I do want to read the full Morris quote because I thought it was interesting as well. Uh, he said, I felt fine. It kind of caught me off guard a little bit because I felt really good. My stuff was really good. I wanted to go back out there, but it just seemed like they had already made their mind up by the time they came and talked to me. I was in the dugout preparing to go out again, and they just came up to me and said they were going to go to the next guy. So I was like, okay. So, I mean, like, you know, it's baseball. That's how it goes, you know. Yeah, it's- I think – I think I think Zach did great, and I think that you could have left him in. You could have pulled him. Obviously, we know how it turned out, but at the time, like you were saying, Gagewood's been great. The bullpen's been fine all season, or at the end of the season, right here lately. And you know, we could have had we Zach could have started maybe the eighth inning just to see if he get one or two more outs. But I think they got exactly what they needed out of him that night. So I think it was good to let him have a couple. You know, good couple clean innings, get some strikeouts. You know, get some confidence back, and then pull him on. You know, pull him when it seemed like the game was complete. You know, seemed like it was a good time. Also, imagine two, three weeks ago, you're telling 
you're you're we're talking about a situation in which fans are upset that Zach Morris did not pitch and Gage Wood did. That that would be blasphemous two or three weeks ago. Yeah, no, that's that's one hundred percent accurate. But Christian, another pen and paper moment. I need you to tell me to talk about the top four arms out of the bullpen at the end of this. Um, there was something on the message board that I think would be a good segment for us. All right, let's move on to game three. Uh, Arkansas loses seven to six. Uh, Hunter Holland didn't really have it. I mean, Will McIntyre comes in, does great again. Uh, Coyle, Wood, they both throw. Adcock looked really good. Um, so that's that's a good sign. It was just, you know, it, it was just a game where, first of all, you know, Vanderbilt needed it more. And, Robert, you kind of hinted at it, like Arkansas – had already locked up the West. They were already co-SEC champs at the very least. So kind of talk through that whole scenario. Yeah, I think it's something that the players didn't realize mid-game, or at least that's the vibe I got from Jace Borf, and I talked to him on the field afterward. And he was like, yeah, I, I didn't know until the, until the huddle just then. It was kind of weird because we lost, but everybody seemed happy. Um, but but from, from what we heard from Dave Van Horn, like if – if they realized that LSU had won and, you know, they still had something to play for, then they probably would have pitched differently. You know, maybe they used McIntyre longer because McIntyre was awesome on Saturday. Um, you know, two and a third, one hit, one walk. I mean, he was, he was really good. That's, that's really all there was to it. Um, and he, he probably could have thrown more, but because, uh, you know, they had won the West and therefore a top two seed. What what does it matter? You you know don't don't blow them out before the games start getting really important. Yeah, I, and that's that's really all it comes down to, right? Like there's not much else to add. It's a loss. You lost by one run. You know a, another great couple of outings from Brady Slavens and Peyton Holt. Like those guys had huge weekends. You mentioned it, McIntyre. You got Coyle, Wood, and Adcock all bad out all back out there and i think that you know it was good to get them back on the mound the day after things kind of really went south just be like hey we're putting you out here go show that you know yesterday wasn't exactly who you are so those are positives as i mentioned earlier this game this the saturday game and the friday game now mean nothing they mean absolutely nothing you're moving on it's a new season you did what you did in the regular season now it's the postseason so anything else to add? Would it have been nice to not blow a six-run lead and clinch the conference outright Friday night? Sure. Does it matter that they didn't? No. I think it I think games like that probably affect the fans more than anything. I I, I remember when we talked with uh Ben Bybee, the Missouri State game, which was right after he had given up the the grand slam at Georgia. And, you know, we were talking to him, like, how, to, how how hard is it to have that happen your last time out? And then you have to come back and, you know, try to throw with confidence again. And I feel like he had a great mindset about it. I don't remember exactly what he said word for word, but I think this team is great about, you know, having a very short memory and just playing to win no matter what, right? Like, I, I, I think that this team has that factor in them where they, they have a short memory and they are able to overcome things like that, whereas – that that can be tougher for other baseball teams and other Arkansas teams in the past. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's just becoming a more common thing around baseball. You know, you 
there's there's no time to to dwell or mope like just flush it move on nothing you can do about it now except except bounce back and that's what you have to focus your attention on and it's awesome that they don't even have to wait a full week now they can just tuesday the tournament starts and wednesday they're playing and they don't even know they're playing yet but they're they just get to turn the page and move on and get ready they've got two more meaningless games to work out whatever kinks need to get worked out at least two by the way um, okay, before we move on to uh, the SEC tournament stuff and weekend MVPs and all that good stuff, let's talk about Bet Saracen. Bet Saracen is the mobile sports gambling app for the Saracen Casino Resort. Go download it today on the Google Play Store or the App Store. I use Bet Saracen personally. I have lost money. I have won money. It feels good to win the money. It does not feel good to lose the money, but you can take your chance at winning money. Uh, specifically on Arkansas baseball games, get the double R props. And also, you know, we always like the Arkansas LSU parlay. Didn't work out so well this weekend once again, um, but it is uh, it is what it is. So uh, go download Bet Saracen today. Get all of those Arkansas-specific baseball bets in. You have to be in the state of Arkansas to get that, so that's one thing to note. Um, but we love Bet Saracen. We're thankful for them, and they have a lot of cool stuff over there. So go download the app. Thank you to Bet Saracen. All right, do we want let do we want to do weekend MVPs first? Probably just knock that out and then move on to the rest of everything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm taking Peyton Holt. Peyton Holt, you know his first his first weekend where it's like Stovall is officially done for the year. You're the guy moving forward, and he goes out and gets seven hits, drives in a team high six runs, has a couple doubles, hits a home run, only strikes out once. And he also had some web gems in the field. An incredible weekend from Peyton Holt. I'm I'm a big Peyton Holt guy now. I mean that that is the obvious choice from the weekend. That's it's really hard to argue with that. But uh, I'll I'll give my nod to uh, Brady Slavens, who hit right in front of him all three games. Went uh, eight for fourteen on the weekend. Led the team in hits. Uh, he scored a team high five runs. Guess who that was courtesy of. Uh, Peyton Holt, of course, drove in four as well, hit a homer. Um, that home run was in the first inning on Thursday, so it really set the tone. Like you know, that that, that marked the fourth unearned run of the first. It was it was really big for him. Uh, had three hits in in the uh, almost winning effort uh, Friday, and then another three hits on on Saturday. So. We're, we're definitely, uh, you know, it's definitely not Brady Slavin's fault that uh, the Hawks lost the series. <laughs> no, Christian. No, Brady Slavin's was great. Peyton Holt was awesome. I'll probably go with Caleb Cali. Uh, four, is it four RBIs, five RBIs on the weekend? Four. four. Four RBIs, yeah. So he's just reliable. He's solidified himself in the middle of that lineup. Could have also probably gone with, uh, let's see. No, I'll probably stick with Cali. Yeah, he was he was good, but Holt would have been my number one pick for sure. He was awesome. Those oh, those three Mason, combined, those three combined had twenty hits on the weekend. Oh, Great. Mason, did you see the clip with uh, DVH during the in-game interview, and then Peyton Holt made that diving play? Yeah. You kidding? That that's, was awesome. That's my backup. And then he and then he like goes back and he's like, actually, really, he's the starter, but he's, he's yeah, he's like he's like they're all starters just yeah. waiting to get, get on the field. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that those in sometimes the in game interviews produce good stuff. Sometimes it does not. Um, okay, yeah. let's uh, real quick. Let's do MVPs on the mound. I'm gonna 
I'm going to take Will McIntyre. Uh, throws six and a third across two outings. Um, only gave up two hits, no runs. Walked one and struck out eight. So uh, we we talked about it earlier. Will McIntyre is a weapon. He's much better out of the bullpen. Not that he's you know awful as a starter, but he's definitely just got a, a different gear when he's coming out of the bullpen, a different mindset. And he was very impressive this weekend in Nashville. I'm going to take Brady Tiger. Um, you know, normally I like to go with value, hence the V and MVP. Ah, I don't know. Like he, he gave the hogs a really, really good chance to win that game. Um, going four innings season high. Well, at least since he returned, maybe a season high overall too. Um, like, like Mason said, uh, just the two pitches. That was, that was, that was it. I mean, he looked really, really good for four innings. Went one, two, three in the first one, two, three in the second one, two, three in the fourth. And I mean, a lot of ground balls and a lot of strikeouts. He he looks really, really good right now. And I think I, you know, I said this on the message board over the weekend. Arkansas fans really need to cherish every Brady Tiger outing because this dude is awesome. Yeah, he's fun to watch. You you had Hagen Smith, right, Mason? Uh no, I took Will McIntyre. Well, Will McIntyre. Okay. Um, uh, well, I'm actually gonna go with Zach Morris. Um, uh, three innings, six Ks, one walk. He could have probably gone another inning, but obviously we all know what happened there. But yeah, it was just great to see that he was back in his old form and and hopefully he can continue this throughout the SEC tournament when it's more meaningless games and then you know progress into regionals and supers hopefully. Yeah, this the the six Ks is is the number for me when it when it comes to Zach Morris's outing because that's not really what you normally see from Zach Morris. He 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 was getting some swing and miss stuff. I felt like he was locating really well I felt like every pitch was exactly where he wanted it to be and we haven't seen that from him all year long like that he has not been able to locate as well as he did and I thought that was very impressive I'm looking up to see if the six strikeouts is a career high he didn't have a game with six last year his previous high this year was five I'm at his freshman year now yeah that was it that was a career high strikeouts in a game I didn't even think about that until just now. And he averaged two an inning. That's yeah. pretty solid. That is solid. Good for Zach Morris. I like the pick. I like the pick. Back he's Morris. He back Morris. Yes, back Morris. He's from Cabot. Not a fan of Cabot, Arkansas, but uh, you know, good for Zach Morris. Happy for the guy. All right. Uh, let's let's keep it rolling here. Let's get to SEC tournament stuff. All right. So the bracket is out. Arkansas is the two seed, as we mentioned earlier. Florida is the one seed. They are in bracket one. There's two brackets. Uh, so Arkansas playing the second game on Wednesday, which the first game is at 9.30 a.m. Is that central time? I think so. 9.30 central, yes, because it shows up as 10.30 east, I believe. Okay, so yes, 9.30. So whenever the first game ends, I get – is it 45 minutes or an hour in between? I can't remember. 30. 30? 30. Oh, wow. Okay. Anyway, it probably should be about 1 o'clock central. Oh, here it's on it's on the bracket I'm looking at. The second game of each session will begin approximately 30 minutes after the conclusion of the first game. Okay. Uh okay, so Arkansas two seed playing the second game on Wednesday, the winner of Tennessee AM, both of which Arkansas swept. And 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 neither looked particularly competitive in that series until Arkansas ran out of arms against AM. Yeah. So um and then if, so no, okay, so LSU is the three seed. They're playing the first game. 
and they will play the winner of South Carolina, Georgia. That's an interesting matchup. Um, and then, of course, it goes on from there. South Carolina gave LSU a run for its money earlier in the year. Never got to see how that series finished because they canceled game three. Uh, and then, obviously, Georgia salvaging one win helped the Hogs win the title. Um, I do want to mention – I meant to say this earlier, but I wanted to save it for now. Florida plays the winner of Kentucky-Alabama. Those are two tough teams, like hot teams. I'd rather be playing the winner of Tennessee A&M than the winner of Kentucky-Alabama, honestly. Agreed. Alabama is always, like, weird, like, in the SEC tournament. For some reason, they always turn it on. And and the thing is, too, like, it feels like the Tide honestly might be playing to sneak in as a regional host here. Yeah, they're playing good ball. That's not that's not a team that Arkansas wants to see for sure. Uh, Christian, also, Tennessee did take two out of three from at South Carolina this last weekend. So that's what I wanted to talk about real quick. Yeah. We'll have our full SEC tournament preview later uh, in the week. The Tennessee series earlier in the year, I talked about it on this podcast, it was pretty disappointing. Like the just not not as much fun as I thought it was going to be. If Tennessee's playing good ball, like if Tennessee wins big against A and M, this becomes a very intriguing matchup. Now, of course, we know that Arkansas is going to approach it a little bit differently than if they were, you know, playing like last year when Arkansas was playing for if you win ball games, you you might host. It was still like the SEC tournament, but Arkansas had more at stake last year. Now you you have stuff locked up, so it'll be interesting to see that. It just means more to probably everybody but Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it goes. Okay, that's that's all we got on SEC tournament now. Like I said, we'll have our full preview on Wednesday. Um, Todd Walker. So Todd Walker got lucky that Arkansas lost to Vanderbilt in the in the last two games, but after the after the Thursday win. He, he put up this list on SEC Now, and he's like, here are the top four teams who, who have the best shot out of the SEC to win the College World Series. So he starts with Vandy, fair enough. Like Tim Corbin, Vanderbilt, they have talent, fair enough. Number three was LSU, right? No, LSU is two. I need to pull him up. Noted LSU alum. Todd Walker, by the way. Right. Yeah, he is an LSU alum. I need to pull up my story. I was not prepared for this. One of the one of the greatest college baseball players of all time, by the way. But that doesn't mean anything really for this conversation. No, I mean like you're you're <laughs> not talking about Todd Walker's career right now. <laughs> okay, uh, number no number three was LSU, um, which is fair. Like I mean, it's LSU. There's we don't have to add anything to that. Number two was Florida. Fair enough. So you're like, okay, number one's pretty obvious. Like, it's Arkansas, you know, about to win the SEC. Everything looks fine. And then he throws out Tennessee. What are we doing, Todd Walker? Like, I get it. Tennessee's a good baseball team. Like, they they have talent, Tony Vitello. But what has Tennessee done to show you that, that, first of all, they should be number one on this list? And that wasn't even my biggest issue. Like, you know, everybody knows that I have an issue with Tennessee baseball. I don't like Tennessee baseball. Like, that that has really nothing to do with the fact that Arkansas should have been one of the four teams. That just makes no sense. What are you talking about, Todd Walker? What are you talking about? How do you have the four teams out of the SEC who have the best chance to win the College World Series? I get it. I get what what has happened. Like, Arkansas has been there. They haven't gotten over the hump. Everybody talks about it. Blah, 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 whatever. But if we're talking just – you know, straight up about teams who have played in the SEC this year, who have shown that they can win ball games. 
why is Arkansas not in the top four? What are we doing here? And that's not even from I'm not even being a homer or anything. I'm just being like realistic. Let's uh let's take this back to our uh, sports media classes at the U of A. Uh, who you know I'd like to give the Todd Walker the benefit of the doubt here and say that he was he just threw Tennessee in there over Arkansas just to stir up that kind of reaction. I don't think so, man. I I maybe maybe, but are we are we giving him the benefit of the doubt? Like, are we saying that he knew what he was doing? I I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I'll tell you what, the story that I wrote about it did pretty good numbers, so it, it helped hogbeat.com out at least. There you go. Uh, okay, there's there's my rant on Todd Walker. All right, Mason, you want to talk about some uh, top four arms? Yes, so there was a, a thread on hogbeat.com. Uh, as, as I talk about, you need to go subscribe so you can you know get in on all this action. Uh, you're managing this team. This is from P1Hog on hogbeat.com. You're managing this team. 2-1 lead heading into the eighth, must-win game to continue the season. Opponents' next six hitters are right, left, right, left, right, left. So you're playing for a right-hander on right or left-handed, on lefty, doesn't matter. Tiger, Smith, and Holland are unavailable. Who gives you the best chance of getting six outs and winning? Rank them. Of the four, you're ranking Will McIntyre, Zach Morris, Cody Adcock, Gage Wood. So it's, it can be a no no particular order thing. It's got to be one, two, three, four. Of the guys that you're like, that you have the most confidence in, in that scenario. As of this moment, one's got to be McIntyre, I think. That's my number one. I yeah, Mine as well. I still think Gage Wood's number two. That's who I have at number two as well. I'll go with I'll go with Morris and then Adcock just because we've seen more from Morris than Adcock recently. Okay, that's my exact four right there. There we go. We agree. Christian, do you have any do you have any difference? I would I would probably flip Adcock and Morris. Still very high on Morris at just because of his career, but yeah, it's tough. I think it's fine. I think you guys did it fine. You guys had a good order. I think I think it's a a thinner line between Adcock and Morris than yeah. between Wood, Morris and Adcock, and then McIntyre and Wood, honestly. I think there is, you know, a, a decent gap between McIntyre and Wood at this point, honestly. Just yes. because of just because of Wood's inexperience and his struggles on the road. Um, they didn't specify where the game was at. If it's Baum Walker, are we maybe giving Gage Wood a little bit more? Like, is he closer to Will McIntyre in that situation? Probably. Probably, but I think I think McIntyre's home road splits are pretty noticeable too. Probably not as much as Gage Wood, but you know, every, right. like I said earlier, everybody throws better at bomb. That's a fun little game to play. That is a fun. I like that. That, that was um, a good good exercise for sure. I did want to add though with Zach Morris, we talked about him earlier. How ideal is it that he is hitting his stride right now? Like, think back to last season. When did Zach Morris and Will McIntyre really start hitting their stride? This time of the year. Like, Will McIntyre started game one against Alabama in the final regular season series last year, and you're like, okay, this guy might help you down the stretch. And then Zach Morris was, what, your top guy out of the bullpen? Aside from, like, Hagen Smith there because he started to come out as a closer or whatever, but am I missing? Oh, Brady Tiger. But Brady Tiger fell apart in the postseason. He hit the freshman wall real hard. 
Yeah, so it's like Zach. I mean, and we know Zach Morris in Omaha the way that he, you know, performed. They really trusted him. Started a game in the regional against uh, Oklahoma State. So it's like if you can get that version of Zach Morris, that is incredible for this team. That is really going to need arms to step up in the postseason. Right, and with McIntyre, we we talked about it on the last episode, right? Like the the Vanderbilt game, he he really he really you know made his presence known. I bet you could go back and listen to our Vanderbilt recap episode from last year, and he'd be a weekend MVP on there too. Probably so. All right, um, we've gone long enough. You guys have listened to our voices long enough. Robert, are you going to be on the SEC tournament preview? Uh, depends on when we record. It remains to be seen. Okay. Uh, well, thank I gotta, you. I got to rank ballparks for you, though. That's it, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Okay. Yeah. Rank the right. ballparks. After Wait. careful, after careful review, this is how we're gonna go. Number one, Mason was there. It's very obvious. Duty Noble Field. That is that is a college baseball cathedral. It is a fantastic ballpark. Hopefully, Mississippi State becomes good in the near future, so that it fills up again. Um. Are you including Bomb Walker in these rankings? Oh. Let's let's do that. Okay. Judy Noble's still gonna be number one. Ooh. Y'all get at him. His at is drstu32. Let me pull up his phone number real quick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh right. wow. Um I am gonna say bomb is two. Um, but I tell you what, Alex Box, honestly, a close three. I think I think it was probably I probably got a very good impression of it because it was a top five series at the time. LSU was fantastic, um, but I was I was very impressed by what I saw in Baton Rouge. Um, so four and five, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you that's that Hawkins is six turf boo. Um, four and five, so it's going to be Swayze or or Foley in Athens. I don't know, man. Uh, Sw- the Swayze had the same problem as uh, as as Duty Noble. Like down year, fans just didn't show up, and so it wasn't all that exciting. But I can imagine that you know when Ole Miss is good, that's a that's a very exciting place to be. It holds more than than Foley in Athens, and so that's why I think I might go with Swayze at four and Foley at five. Although I did like it was a very scenic park in Athens. I did like it. Fair enough. I I o- overall. I was I, I was impressed with all of all of the ballparks I visited this year. Well, I'm happy for you. Thank you. And was uh was Vanderbilt's foul territory really that small? Yeah. They kept it was. talking about it. They kept talking about it on the broadcast, and I was trying to see from the TV, but I can't really see as much. It was really thin. I mean, those those uh, bullpens are down the lines, and and I couldn't see any of them from behind the plate. Interesting. All right, boys, let's wrap this up. Let's let's wrap this puppy up. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast. Visit hogbeat.com for all of our coverage of Arkansas athletics throughout the week. And uh, be on the lookout for the episode on Wednesday, previewing the SEC tournament. We're going to have some good stuff for the postseason. Uh, for those who listen to this podcast, you know that we take things to a different level in the postseason. So tell your friends, get ready. we got some good stuff coming towards you. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Tell your friends about the Diamond Hogs podcast. It is the premier Razorback baseball podcast, and you need to be listening because it is postseason baseball and things just got real. You've been listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Chote Mason and at DRStew32.